Praise God, it's a joy to be back here under very different circumstances. I can see a lot of technology, a lot of uh, things around so that all of you watching from your homes can also listen into the, uh, the message from the word. At the same time, it's, it's so joyful to be here in this hall with all of you in, and worship our Lord and Savior. Uh, many years back, around 15 years back, uh, there was a brother, many of us know him in Bangalore, who along with a few other brothers had a desire to build a church in Indranagar. And uh, they bought a plot of land and they started the work. The work went on and it was going pretty fine. The money came in and they were all excited to go into this new church in Indranagar place. But it so happened that just right next to this site where the church is being built, there was a particular neighbor from a particular political party who found out that this church is being built just few meters away from his home. And being the powerful person that he is, he made a scheme to ensure that that church would not be built. And he in fact went and uh, connected with the local corporation to ensure it stopped. Well, the church members of this church were very disheartened, as naturally it should be. But they prayed. They prayed for nine months because the work had stopped. And uh, this dear brother used to go to this neighbor who was a very powerful person and requested him that, uh, you know, that he allow this church to be built, but he would not listen. He said, it will never happen. And then one fine day, this brother, his name is Brother Thomas Quitty. I think some of us know him. He went to this man and said, how do you know that you will live tomorrow? You are a very powerful person, but what is the guarantee that God will give you a life beyond tomorrow or the next two years or three years? What is the guarantee? And that's all he said, and then he went away. That night, that powerful leader could not sleep peacefully. He was very disturbed in his heart. And the next day, he called up Brother Thomas Kuti and said that you can go ahead and build this church because something was disturbing that my life is not assured. And they went ahead and built that church, the Emmanuel Brethren Church, which some of our relatives there in that church, and that church stands today. And in fact, that person who opposed this church members is now their very good friend and in fact supports the local church. Praise God for that. That is how God works when the children of God come together with the power of prayer and the connection with God's word. Now, Dr. Nitin, uh, just a few minutes back, shared from the book of Ezekiel 33. In fact, uh, when I was uh, deciding for the last few months what message to speak here in CBF this morning, and there were two, three topics that is on my mind. And when I had firmed up maybe 10 days ago what the message is, last Tuesday in our team prayer with the Gideons, this verse from Ezekiel chapter 33 came in as our devotion thought. And really it stuck me because it connected to what I wanted to speak this morning. As a Christian, if you look at your and my life and what we did this, uh, this morning, remembering what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you and me, sometimes we don't even know the extent of the love he has for us. But then when we sit down at our homes, when we sit down on our chairs and we take those few minutes to reflect on the week or the day. And when we go and remember what the Lord has done, we remember how wretched and how horrible we are and what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. 
But let me tell you, sometimes as a Christian, we can be very inward looking. We can be close to God. But again, the question is, why are we close with God? Or why do we want to bring that relationship with God? And this morning, the, the topic of my talk is kingdom builders. Kingdom builders, that's the topic of what I want to share with you. And I will try to break this up into three parts. Part one of this talk is you and I as a Christian. And if you see, a kingdom builder for God's kingdom is not something that's so easy. Just like Brother Thomas Kuti had to go through for nine months, 15 years back here in Bangalore. There are many such stories that you and I are aware of where there's a struggle when you are a kingdom builder. Now what I also did is, you know, uh, it's a pretty interesting topic that came up because I was, uh, you know, wrestling with what exactly, because the word build came to me for many months, the topic should be on build, and then God convinced, uh, convicted me that the topic is kingdom builders. So I asked myself, what or who are kingdom builders? Right? Who are these kingdom builders? Now, Revelation 11 uh, verse 15 talks about the kingdom of God that's coming. The second coming of Christ and uh, the kingdom of God is very different from the kingdom of the world. Let's now understand that very clearly. The kingdom of the world that we live in is a world of uh, corruption, sickness. It's not a good world. And the last nine months have in fact reminded a lot of people who are not in the Lord that you know things are not what it seems. The kingdom of God is a fantastic place to be in. And we all as believers of Christ have an assurance that we are in the kingdom of God. Praise God for that. We have an assurance, we have a confidence when we wake up in the morning, when we go to sleep, we have that assurance. Few months back, India was under a lot of controversy when a famous film actor passed away or died of committing suicide, a very successful actor. Well, like that, we are hearing so many stories off late in the last many months. Very successful people, top-notch people, but they have something empty inside and they take that decision in a flip of a moment and thinks the world is shocked. Now, let me now read out to you what some of the definitions of a kingdom builder are. And we can put that, Ajit is there to help me out. We can put that in the next slide, which I will move out. Now, who are the kingdom builders? Okay, let's move that ahead and understand. Have a close spiritual, spiritual relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's one of the personality traits of a kingdom builder. A close relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Have a burden for winning souls. Have a burden for winning souls. Make disciples for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's something else that's there and these are some of the verses that is there where your kingdom come your will be done in earth as it is in heaven the lord's prayer we also talk about you know seek ye first the kingdom of god and all uh, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you these are some of the verses that we read proclaiming the kingdom of god and teaching about the lord jesus christ with all boldness and without hindrance that is a reflection of a kingdom builder right that's from acts chapter Chapter 28, verse 31. These are some of the verses that I'm quoting. But I'm going to put to you what the definition or some of the characteristics of a kingdom builder looks like. Right? Uh, I talked about being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ and making disciples. 
living a Christ-centered life in a secular world, you might be a businessman, you might be a professional, you might be in your workplace, you might be in your college, you might be in a school, but you can be a kingdom builder where God has placed you. Right? It's not necessary that you need to be somewhere else. Where you are, God can use you as a kingdom builder. A kingdom builder is someone who does not look inward but looks outward for the betterment of society. Right? With Christ principles. I like to add the word Christ principles. Right? There are so many examples of individuals that you and I know who went into companies, into businesses, they brought in Christ like principles. And the people around them saw, wow, this is different. Let's follow that. And things changed. And finally, being not self-centered, but community-centered. Now, I was reflecting on this, right? Uh, if you see many of the believers in the world today or people going to the church, sometimes people go with different notions. They might be going to the church maybe to get something. Maybe praying for a job. Praying for a blessing, praying for some financial success, praying to maybe uh, get a, a life partner. So sometimes people uh, get into the spiritual realm for personal reasons more than community-centric reasons. And this is where I, I want to go to the next uh, verse where we know that Jesus Christ had two commandments, right? And let me uh, read that out to you. We all know this from Matthew 22, 37 to 40, because I'm going to uh, kind of uh, dig in deep. This is where Jesus replied, and I read this to you all. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And number two, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Two commandments. That's it. The Lord Jesus Christ made it very simple. Now, if you look at it as a Christian, the first commandment, love the Lord with all your heart, right? We say that with all your soul, a spiritual connection. Now, that takes years for some people, some believers in Christ, to build that, uh, that close walk with God and get into that realm of the first commandment. It's a struggle for many of us. But once you are able to get into the foundation of the first part of love, the Lord, your God, with all your heart, your soul and mind, when you get into that relationship, then the question is, what's the second one to love your neighbor? But again, hold on. As I said, sometimes as Christians, we have this connection with God, but somewhere deep down, there is also maybe that personal uh, thing there, you know, okay, I need to get something. There is something that I need to get. Hence, I need this relationship. In fact, uh, there are many churches today, we, we all know that, that people go for getting a specific thing. They go there to get a healing. They go there to get a miracle. They, and then they get it. And then done, they're out. They don't have that connection. That's it. But we as believers in a Bible-centric, word-based church, we all know that if we have a close connection with God, definitely... The next step to that is we need to understand that when we love the Lord with all our heart, mind, and soul, please remember, we also remember that what God has done on the cross. We remember our condition, how bad we are, and we, we realize this fact, and we thank God for what he has done. 
And when we realize that fact, and then where we live in, where we work in, where we study in, when we know that the people around us do not know this truth, that's when love your neighbor comes into play. And that's when a kingdom builder right, does something in his life to change the circumstances around him and share that burden with that neighbor or friend. Uh, you know, I remember many years back, two young men in this church uh, in their 20s, right? Nobody told them to do it. But they had a burden for young people coming into the city of Bangalore. And they started this church uh, 15 years back. In fact, not 15, 17 years back. Nobody trained them. Nobody told them you should do it. But they had a burden. Every weekend after their jobs, they come in, they plan the Sundays. And I remember those days where we used to, I don't, many of you are not there at that time. We were just 20 of us. We used to have, gather in a gym where we could see each other. And so it felt like it's a bigger church, but we were actually seeing ourselves in the mirror. Right? So those were the days when these two young men diligently ensured that the gospel and the word should be preached to the young people, men and women coming into the city. And slowly this church grew from 20 to 40. And now we are a 250, 300-member church sitting here. And many of us have been blessed with this church. And many of us have come to know the Lord because of coming to this church and the word that's preached here. I'm talking about Pradeep and Charles. But nobody told, told them, but there was a burden in, in their hearts. This morning, reflecting on those examples, I would like to talk about a very interesting individual from the Word of God, a character, where I come to the part two. We talked about what is it to be a kingdom builder, but I come to a practical example of a kingdom builder in the Word of God. We had camps around this, we had Bible studies around it. Can we all go to the book of Nehemiah, where we talk about the kingdom builder? Yes. We have, have verses on this, but let's go to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1, and reflect on this character. And this character, Nehemiah, said in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 20, Then I answered and said unto them, right, uh, The God of heaven, he will prosper us, therefore we his servants will arise and build, but ye have no portion, no right, no memorial in Jerusalem. Now this is Nehemiah talking uh, very strongly and powerfully. Now who is this Nehemiah? Who is he? Well, he was a cupbearer in that kingdom, a Jew, a cupbearer. Now, you need to understand this. He's, he's a very influential person. Okay, yes, he's tasting the drinks and the food of the king there in this kingdom. It's a very dangerous job because if there is poison in the food or the drink, he dies. But the fact is that he's living a life where he's right next to the king and he might be his advisor, a very uh, uh, you know, influential person, Nehemiah. Right? And he was living life pretty fine and he could have lived the life he wanted. But we see that things take an interesting turn in the story of this man in the book of Nehemiah. And I'll just try to quote uh, from verse 2, 3, and 4 and how this story comes out. That Hanani, one of my brethren, this is Nehemiah talking, came and he said, this is Nehemiah chapter 1, I'm reading from verse 2, 3, and 4. Let's listen to the situation here, and many of us know this story, but I'll just read it out for those who might not be used to it. And um, I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Verse 4, it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept more certain days and fasted and prayed before God of heaven. 
Nehemiah heard a very bad news from Jerusalem of the ruin of that place. And he wept, he mourned, he had that, that, that concern for his people and the place. Now he could have just done that in verse 4 and then gone out with his life. He could have just continued as it is. He's living a very comfortable life with the king. He's having the best of facilities. I'm sure he would have had a very good place to stay in. Everything is fine. But if you see here in the life of Nehemiah, uh, he starts to pray and he starts to fast as you see these verses. And what really captured my heart here in this portion is that Nehemiah prayed. And in verse 5, if you read very carefully here, right? And let me talk to you about the second part of that verse. It says that, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. If you see here, uh, before the, the concern is there, but before that you see Nehemiah as a kingdom builder, praying to God, fasting, having the connection with God, but also acknowledging that not only the Israelites are sinners, he acknowledges himself as a sinner. He is humbling himself. And this is where I come to I, uh, the second part where the kingdom builder has a burden and purpose. A kingdom builder has a burden and purpose. And Nehemiah had a burden and purpose which nobody told him to do. No, no senior person told him get a burden in your heart. Get a purpose. No. This was something that built inside Nehemiah. And in fact, if you uh, go ahead, if you see this portion in chapter 1, you see that Nehemiah was very used to the word. He, ha he knew the word, he knew the scriptures so well. Because if you see, when he's doing this prayer to God in this chapter, he's referring to Moses and he's uh, reminding God in that, in that prayer that, you know, in verse 8, if we transgress, I will scatter you abo abroad among the nations. But verse 9, he's again quoting from scripture, but if he turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them unto the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from hence and bring them unto the place I have chosen to set my name there. So if you see here, to have a burden and purpose as a Christian, you not only need to have that burden and purpose, you need to have prayer, you need to communicate with God. You need to hear what God is speaking to you. You need to know the word of God, right? Because if you don't know the word of God, you're on a weak wicket, a weak foundation. And here we see that Nehemiah had a very strong foundation from the word of God. And you see here, in the end of the verse, he just makes that statement, for I was the king's cupbearer. And so here, I would like to quote that from this chapter that as a Christian, you know, please understand that we need to have a close walk with God and it takes years for that first part where I talked about Jesus' two commandments, the first part of loving the Lord with all your heart, mind and soul, it takes sometimes months, years for that person to get into that step of faith. But then the burden comes, just like Nehemiah as a Christian. Now, if you look at this, some of the points that I put here, it also talks about the fact that, you know, suppose you don't have a burden and purpose. You're a Christian, you're doing pretty fine, you're very close with God. But let's say that you don't have a burden and purpose. You're fine with how life is. Well, if you have a close connection with God and if you remind yourself what God has done for you and me, and if that relationship is, is so strong with God, definitely you will have a burden and purpose in your life. 
in this world because God has purpose that you and I are here for a specific reason. And this is where uh, if any of us here in this church this morning watching or here does not have that burden purpose, it's pretty fine. Be in prayer, understand from the word, have a close connection because God will reveal to you what that burden and purpose is in your life because it comes out and stems out of the heart which God can only bring in you. And that's when things uh, become more meaningful in your life, like in the life of Nehemiah, right? As I said, he could have been where he was, but he chose some, uh, a place which is difficult. The second part of a kingdom builder, apart from burden and purpose, is to utilize opportunities. Now, if you see in the life of Nehemiah, well, there was an opportunity. Now, how did this opportunity come? How did he utilize it? Well, if you see in chapter 2, well, he was with the king. And uh, the king, uh, he was, you know, doing his job. Nehemiah was doing his job faithfully, but he had this burden in his heart. And the king saw that he's sad. We all know that part. He's sad. And we see that the king then asked Nehemiah, what, what's the problem? What's happening here? Right? And Nehemiah there could have said, you know, nothing, you know, doesn't bother you. He could have just stopped it and he could have kept it to himself. But we see that, and this is where I caught this part pretty interesting. Uh, you know, uh, it's verse 3. And said unto the king, verse 3, chapter 2, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 3, and said unto the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchres, lieth waste, and the gates thereof consumed with fire? Right? And the king said unto me, what dost thou make request? So I prayed to God of heaven. Look at this. Uh, Nehemiah did not plan this. God bought an opportunity right in front of him. Where the king is now asking, what's the problem? How can I help? Wow. And Nehemiah, before he puts the request or puts the problem in front to get the solution, he prays to God. And God gives that opportunity to Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah could have, you know, been relaxed. He could have said, it's somebody else's problem. What's happening back in Jerusalem? But he chose to use that opportunity and make the request to the king. As a Christian, you and I have opportunities in front of us. We have to utilize opportunities that are before us in this world. I remember many years back, uh, Thomas and Shally had a Christmas program in their apartment. I think many of us remember on Airport Road. They didn't need to do it. They could have enjoyed the Christmas like anybody else. But they chose to call CBF for their Christmas program. They invited their neighbors and friends, shared about the Lord Jesus Christ there. Now, we don't know what's the impact of that. But the fact is that they use that opportunity, and many of us have used that opportunity in our homes to share the love of Jesus during Christmas time. Now the question this morning is, do we use the opportunities? Yes, you have a burden and purpose, but that burden and purpose is of no use unless you utilize the opportunity that's in front of us. And that's where, you know, I put down some of the points here as a Christian, right? Before we utilize the opportunity, it's important to pray. I remember many years back in Bangalore, many of you know Yelanka, there's a school, the Kendri Vidyalaya School, a big school in, in Yelanka, the KV school, the government school. And uh, JJ Alexander, one of our colleagues in the Gideons, always used to pass by that school. He's a businessman. He used to pass by the school, and he used to pray for that school, saying, God, let your word come into that school. That's it. And if you know how KVs work, it's a very strict uh, environment. They don't allow anybody in, uh, no religion, nothing is there in. But J.J. Alexander, uh, sitting in Henur's side, prayed for this school. And then one fine day, a burden rose in him and said, okay, let me just go to Google and search the number of this school. And he called up the school and he talked to the principal. He got the principal's number. I don't know how he did it. 
Uh, he called the principal. He was praying for the school for many weeks. And he said, you know, I'm from the Gideons, and we would like to give the New Testaments in the school. It's the it's it's story of Jesus. And the person on the other side, the principal said, yes, I have read the Bible. I used to read the Bible when I was a, when I was a child. He's a Hindu man. And he said, please come. Please come to our school. And within the next two days, uh, 1,800 students in a school assembly. Just imagine, you cannot imagine, a huge school. And if you know how the KVs work, Agnes was in a KV. She's a KV product. Well, in the morning assemblies, uh, if many of you know, they chant the slokas. You know that? They chant the slokas. And that's how the assemblies go. The slokas are there. So what did J.J. Alexander do? Apart from the fact that he used the opportunity in the school to give the word of God, they asked him to speak, speak in the assembly. So after they chanted the slokas, J.J. Alexander asked the school and the teachers uh, around them, do you know what it means, what you're chanting? Do you know what the slokas that you're chanting mean? And then he translated that in English to them because he knew what it meant. He said, this means I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right? This is what you're talking about. That, that's exactly what the words are. And, the, and this answer is through Jesus Christ. He just said that to the school and everybody is stunned. And he said, this is the verse that is there. He quoted the verse from the Bible. And after the, the assembly, they gave the word of God to everybody. And the teachers appreciated JJ for sharing. They said, we never knew this. We never knew this. And they started going to the word. So JJ Alexander used an opportunity, utilized it. And the word of God reached a place that you, can, you and I cannot imagine. So as a Christian, we need to utilize opportunities. And there are opportunities right in front of us every day. The third part to be a kingdom builder is ideas and resources. We need ideas and resources. We cannot just be a kingdom builder by having that you know, a burden and purpose, having that great opportunity. But you need to have the idea and resources. This is where, you know, if you see this chapter here, when the king says, okay, Nehemiah, go back, go to your place, right? Go and do what you want. Uh, if you see in chapter 2, uh, you know, Nehemiah could have just gone, but he said, king, I need your letter, a document, so that the governors will give me the go-ahead, and I need some people to escort me, if you see the verse. So Nehemiah, rather than just taking and going, he takes the op- this, uh, this resources and things that are in front of him, the ideas God gives him, And if you see here in verse 7, Moreover I said unto the king, this is Nehemiah 7, uh, chapter 2, verse 7, It pleased the king, let the letters be given to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come there. And also it goes on to say, And the letter unto Asap, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace which appertained to the house and for the wall of the city, for the house that I shall enter into, and the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. So if you see here, Nehemiah uses, uh, God gives him, you know, that burden and purpose. God gives him that uh, opportunity that he utilized. Number three, God also gives the ideas and resources. Just like Nehemiah. Nehemiah, you know, uh, requested and it was granted to him. As a Christian, if you have a burden and purpose, if you have opportunities that you're utilizing, definitely the ideas and the resources will also come so that that will be into fruitation as a kingdom builder. And we see it around us all the time. Whether it's a church being built, whether it's a mission that's there, sometimes things look impossible, but God brings in the ideas and the resources at the right time to make that happen. Uh, Now let me go to the third part here. And uh, before I go there, these are some of the things that I wrote down for all of you to see. Only God can give you the ideas and resources, by the way. 
we need to understand that it is not your idea it is not your resource only god can give you the idea and resource again god provides the idea either through you or someone else right you might not have the idea you might have the burden purpose you might have the opportunity but somebody or yourself will bring in that god will bring those people to you in your life similarly if you see here right god provides the resources at a special time it's not necessary it'll come in your time it'll come in god's time and god's favor and here you know uh, nehemiah uses the word god's hand and that's the third part and now let me go to the fourth part to be a kingdom builder is that the lord's people with you will be with you if you see in the book of nehemiah i'm not going into that but god's people were with nehemiah whether it's the people who went with him to city to see that ravage or whether it was the noble one the jews who started working with him if you are doing something god wants you to do the people of god will come around you they might be there to mentor you they might be to work alongside you or there might be some to follow you because god will place people in your life that is definitely there at the right time he'll place and the work can be done as we see in the life of nehemiah here uh, many people say you know i like to be the lone ranger right i like to work on my own but and this is what is there but you know what if you're working and you feel that there's a burden and you want to build the kingdom please remember god will bring people around you and that's a confirmation what you're doing is right and you're in the right direction you cannot work uh, in a in an isolation you have to work with the prayer of the church the prayer of the, prayer of the saints and sometimes support of people otherwise you get burnt out right sometimes kingdom builders can get burnt out if they try to work the one man army show it does not work and that's why you need lots people with you and it's there over and over and again in the book of nehemiah and let me tell you that you know when the enemies or when the opposition was there uh, you know trying to stop the work they were doing it was these people who worked day and night in chapter 4 you know they're working on one hand and they had the weapons on the other hand and the work was continuing by god's grace well that's why the lord's people will be with you when you have that burden purpose when you have that opportunity when you have that ideas and resources god will bring the people the right people of the lord to support in that time and this is where i come to my final part which is the fifth part which is not a good one uh, it's that you will also have distractors and enemies when you are doing kingdom building business in fact if you look at the old testament uh, you know surprise surprise moses is a big hero but we all know that only two people ended up in the promised land joshua and caleb right we all know that do you know that god just told moses right send the spies into the land just to see the land and come back you know that part in numbers but what did moses do a very surprising he had good intentions the intention is good he just told the spies you know what god told to see the land but the, then he added to the mission he told them see the land see who the people are see the how the forest is see the type of land he started adding to the list i don't know how many of you read it's there in the book of numbers go back in your time because moses did that with good intentions these spies went to the land they followed exactly what moses did but what happened as a result god told them just see the land and come back but they did all this research and as you all know out of the 12 spies 10 of them turned away and they turned the entire israelites to a different direction why because of a distractor sometimes in in a, as a kingdom builder you might find distractors from within in fact in the book of nehemiah well nehemiah was doing this entire work of the wall well the jews were fighting among themselves in chapter 5 
the noblemen and the rich people in chapter 5 uh, they were taking high price taxes from the local Jews and there was a huge division among them and of course Nehemiah brought it together people within can also distract you from the mission sometimes so that's why you need to have a strong base the word of God and prayer which I said in the beginning also you will have enemies we see that throughout and uh, let me tell you one of the verses where the enemies uh, really short and this really, uh, you know, we know that there are these enemies who are taunting Nehemiah and the work, just like Thomas Kuti, brother who I shared, the, uh, the people around him were opposing him. Nehemiah had a lot of very bad enemies. But look at here. I want you to go to chapter 6, right, when the mission was completed. Okay, chapter 6 of Nehemiah was 14, uh, sorry, 15, 16. Just read 15 and 16. This is the best part. So the wall was finished in the 20 and 5th day of the month Elul in 52 days. The mission is completed. Fantastic. And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. As a kingdom builder, you will have opposition. You will have enemies, right? We all know that the enemies will be always there. People who are trying to put you down because they know that you're doing kingdom building business. So they want to put you down. But God will carry you through these tough valleys. And these people that are opposing you, right? God will take you through those valleys. And at the end of it, at the end of the exercise, they will proclaim that this is not the work of you or I, it's the work of God. And that's what you and I as a Christian should realize that as a kingdom builder, right, you will have distractors, you will have enemies. And that is why, you know, if you see here, I, I quoted that, you know, when they were doing the work of the wall in chapter four, they had weapons with them, right? We all know that. And they're working. These weapons is, uh, is an analogy for the word of God, right? The sword is the word of God that you're carrying with you. If you are strong in the word of God and you have a close connection with God, when you're doing the work, nobody can stop you, whatever be the opposition. And let me tell you, opposition will be there. In fact, they say that if there is opposition in the work that you do as a kingdom builder, is that a good thing or a bad thing? If there is opposition for the work that you do as a kingdom builder, is that a good thing or a bad thing? In fact, it's a sign that you're doing a good thing. Because you're doing a strong and mighty act, you will have opposition and enemies around you for the work that you do. And praise God, God will overcome that situation for you. And to close this talk, I would like to put forward the five points that I raised uh, in the life of Nehemiah, which we can use in our life. Number one, burden and purpose. Number two, utilize opportunities. Number three, you will, as a kingdom builder, you will have ideas and resources. Number four, you will have the Lord's people with you. And number five, you will have also distractors and enemies. Around all this as a kingdom builder, when you do these five things, it's the close relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that will carry you through. Definitely. If you don't have that, definitely you will falter as a kingdom builder. Now, I don't know what as a kingdom builder you can do. There are so many things that you can do. We, we know 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which talks about the different uh, gifts that the church has. People in the church have the different gifts, right? Every part of the church is having a gift that God has given. Uh, it can be maybe a technology gift. It can be a gift of speaking. It can be a gift of administration. We don't know. But God has given you and I a gift. And we need to use that gift for the kingdom building because God loves you and I. And he loves the people around us because... Uh, let me again remind us, we are the watchmen. We are that watchman, uh, you know, who needs to 
press the fire alarm. Let me put it in the modern context because Ezekiel chapter 33 is in the old context. Well, let's say you're in a building and there's a fire and you're the watchman and you just need to press the button, you know, because you press the button, there's a fire alarm, right? Now, you don't press that button. You're busy on Netflix. You're busy uh, doing something else. You'll say, okay, I'll do it after five minutes or 10 minutes. But that five or 10 minutes is very critical because in those 10 minutes, the smoke is going out and the people in that building are going to die. And in fact, in the real world, if you do that, you're, it's a case of negligence. You can go to jail for that, right? Just imagine the people around us in this city, in this world, are going to a life of darkness. Uh, they're going to the pit of endless lake and torment. And you and I have that bell, have that button to press so that they can get to know the truth. Now, whether they say yes or no, whether they agree or not, that is their choice. But as a watchman of this city, as a watchman of this country, are we just going to stand by and let our fellow neighbors, the second commandment, die there, burn, fire, and we are all happy and you know, enjoying our Christian life? Well, that does not complete us. And that's where we need a burden purpose. And now I would like to come to the third part of my talk where this morning, as a believer of Christ, you have an opportunity to be a kingdom builder through the Gideon ministry as well.